Hi, Luna. Hi, operator. I have a joke for you. Oh, good. Knock, knock. Who's there? Interrupting cow. <sighs> Interrupting cow. No. Oh. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I got one. I got one for one more for you. Knock, knock. Uh, who's there? No, no. Sorry, sorry. I started it wrong. <sighs> why did Why did Sally fall off the swing set? I don't know. Sally doesn't have any arms. That's just rough. Knock, knock. Who's there? Not Sally. Oh, God. (laughs) That's pretty rough, man. All right. Most people would think that that's me being critical of amputees, but that's a shout out to all you amputees out there. I love you. And don't forget, you are a complete person and you are just as capable as everyone else. (laughs) I'm sorry if I just made you cry because I built you up so much. Amputees, love you. What an icebreaker. And hopefully they don't fall through the ice. Because they won't be able to get out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, gosh. That's terrible. Mine was good. Yours is Jack Luna's the worst. <laughs> okay. Well, I have a couple questions to lubricate our conversation here at the beginning. Uh-huh. Hey, Luna. Who was the first string quarterback for the Detroit Ravens in 2018? Oh, my God. Okay. Well, first of all, who asks a question like that, like a sports question? Like I, like my instinct would be to give you the third string quarterback first <laughs> or, or, the, or the second string quarterback. No, no, no. The first string. You're, okay. So the first string quarterback, and it's the Detroit Lions or the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, for the Detroit, the Detroit Lions, it was Matt Stafford. And for the Detroit, sorry, the uh, Baltimore Ravens, I think it was, uh, it's Jackson. Right. Okay. Flacco was gone by then, I think. Okay. Good. I will just confirm our results here. Okay. Actually, you are genius because 2018 was a split between Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson. Yeah, Flacco, Flacco played nine games. Lamar played seven. Okay. Good job. Okay. How about the Baltimore Ravens 2012? That was Joe Flacco, I'm sure. I think they won the Super Bowl around then. You're right. You're right. I don't know about Super Bowls, but uh, or most things in sports games. But <laughs> that is correct on the on the um, on the the quarter throw quarterback. guy. Quarter guy. Okay. Also, um, do you know why they're called the Ravens? Mm-hmm. Because Edgar Allan Poe posed from Baltimore. Yeah. Also, do you know when the Baltimore Ravens started as a team? Yeah. I don't know what year, but they 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 came from the Browns, I think, right? Didn't the Cleveland Browns turn them yes. into them? Yes, 
turned into them. But did you know? And that was in the mid nineties, ninety five, right? right? Mm-hmm. Did you know that the Baltimore Ravens actually started in nineteen seventy two? Okay. Who cares, though? I like, do. I do because I, because you're such a genius when it comes to sports games. I'm not, so I'm trying to totally kick your kick your buns around on this one. I'm <laughs> okay. kicking him so hard, I'm gonna split him in half. Okay, get this: 1972, Baltimore Ravens, Baltimore Ravens wheelchair basketball team. Really? The NWBA. Okay. This is just like being with the boys <laughs> down at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Eating peanuts. I feel uh, I'm in my element here with you, man. This is real nice. Because I because I gave an homage to amputees, I also wanted to give an homage to those who have more challenges down south, like with their legs. So, wow. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's my tribute to the NWBA, which is the National Wheelchair Basketball Association. So Yeah, they play hard. They do actually do play pretty hard. They bang into each other and stuff. I've watched a couple of games. Yeah. They they don't even lower the net. I don't think they lower the net for those guys either. They don't? I don't wow. think so. Did, have you ever seen Murder Ball? Yeah. Yeah. That's brutal. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is this going to have anything to do with sports? Nope. Or amputees or anything? Okay, I figured. No. I got a couple more raven facts for you, though. Just the bird raven. <sighs> okay. So the first two letters of raven are R-A, mm-hmm. which is the periodic table symbol for radium, which is number 88 on the periodic table. Okay. And guess which year Edgar Allan Poe was born? 1888? No. Earlier. He didn't even live to 1888. How about that for fact? <laughs> okay. Okay. How does this come together, though? Also, the god Ra, R-A, is from Egypt. Guess where Edgar Allan Poe is from? Baltimore. Yep. Holy shit, man. Also, one more. One more. This is crazy. This will blow your mind. This is real. This is real. I mean, the other ones, like, I had to really stretch Google to, to make those ones work. I had this speculum just really up Google's parts to find those mad facts. But here's one that'll get you. In a laboratory, they took a series of ravens. They had ravens in this, in this laboratory. They had two people feed them for months. Mm-hmm. One person came in. And fed them and was very kind to them. The other guy came in and was mean, wouldn't talk to them, sometimes withheld food from them or gave them less food. Right. And then what they would find is when the guy that was mean came in, they would huddle together. They would go, hammer, 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 hammer. Like they they were grumpy about the guy. So and when they came when both the feeders came in together, they would gravitate toward the kind one. Now here's where I'm gonna blow your mind. Those ravens had baby ravens, okay? Mm -hmm. They separated after birth and after weaning and however ravens do the weaning part of you know, parenting. They separated the two groups. They stopped the feeding process during that, right? They just, you know, did normal things. Mm-hmm. They separated the group. The new generation of ravens was in a separate room in the laboratory, and they restarted the test. The first time the mean guy came in, the brand new ravens yeah. huddled together and went, wow. They had been taught by their parents to hold yeah. a grudge against that guy. 
check this out too. Then, okay, because you're in an area that I do know a little bit about. That's interesting. Crow- crows are in the same family, I believe, right? Yeah, they're both black. Okay, <laughs> all right. And um, there was a study done with with crows, I think, and they had a guy put on a fake mask and walk through this university grounds, and the crows were signaling to each other that this guy's coming up to where the babies were. And they were yapping at him, really pissed that he was near where this this crow's nest was. Uh. And he did this for a little while, and they kept on ro- noticing him amongst all the students and everything when he would walk through with his fake mask on, right? And then, same as your raven story, a year later, babies and stuff involved. The babies are growing up, and everything's moved on a little bit. He walks through again, and they're all chirping at him again immediately, really? like signaling to each other, that's the guy again. Their memories are long. They, they also have uh, funerals, people think, but really what it is, I think it's ravens and crows. When something happens to one of them, they die. They get hit by a car, or somebody shoots them, or they eat something poisonous, whatever. They'll all stand around, and it looks like they're having a funeral. Really what they're doing is they're trying to figure out what happened, and they're trying to figure out if... They should move from the area if they're at really? risk as well. Whoa. And if they find that they're at risk, they will move from the area. So they kind of do like a little crime scene analysis. Wow, they're like CSI birds. Yeah, murder of crows. They're into murder. They're into wow. all the stuffs. Yeah. They're crazy. This has been great. I feel like this icebreaker, we're, we're under the ice now. Like we're, yeah, we're we pounding, on the, pounding on the ice. We're under there with the amputees. Okay, yeah. <laughs> moving on. I got a couple more questions for you. What is your fantasy? Oh, God. My fantasy, man? I don't have a, to strangle you with that stupid headset you got on. Your, your headset's too small. I'm, I'm tired huh. of looking at it. Thank you. Can you get a new headset? I can't because this was a birthday gift from my <laughs> wife. And I was like, but they're... Is that pink? And she's like, "No, that's salmon colored." I'm like, "They're they're they're salmon colored headphones." Uh-huh. She says, "Yeah, but they're washable." I'm like, "What do my ears sweat a lot?" Or right. Anyway, they were really expensive apparently, so I have to keep them. So well, I'd like to I'd like to take them off your head and wrap them around your neck and try to strangle you with them, but I wouldn't be able to get around your neck because they're so small. That's a okay. That's a great fan. Okay, I've got one more for you. What is your fantasy football name that you go by? Moth pockets. Because I got holes, I got holes in my pockets, so when money's always falling out of them, moth, moth pockets. <laughs> Hit me up. I'm on all the sites. I've been on them forever. Come go head to head with me. Yeah, go head to head with moth pockets on yeah. all the sports games websites dot com. Rated R. Hey, also, okay, what would keep you from playing fantasy football? Like, what in life would keep you from playing fantasy football? I don't nothing. I mean, I play it constantly. I don't see what I don't nothing. Nothing would keep okay. me from it. All right. Guess how many times I've played fantasy football? Zero. <sighs> What do you think fantasy football is? Pretending, like, just playing catch with your friends outside, saying, I'm Joe Montana and you're Jerry Rice? Is that what fantasy football is to you? No, it's like, you know, you've got, like, the Minotaur, a unicorn. You've got, like, Space Bear. <laughs> uh, you know, I think all of the Care Bears are there, too. And some Gummy Bears. Probably. <laughs> is that right? And then they play with their balls. You know, <sighs> okay. share. Sharing balls. Are we throwing. Yes. We're almost- and finally, 
how do you know so much about football? Because you have you have a disturbing number of facts. People that are listening in your earballs, you're you're hearing the man not only with the the voice of a an angel that is bleeding out into your earballs, but <sighs> he knows so much about football. How do you know so much? Is would you would you agree with me that you're probably sort of a savant with football? Maybe I don't know. It's because of fantasy football. It's because I've been gambling since I was eight years old. I've been obsessed with sports because of gambling. That's disturbing. It, my son asked me the other day, he's like, why do you watch this? Why do we, these are just grown men throwing a ball around. Like, this is silly. And I thought about it and I said, because I gamble on it. That's why. Wow. Because there's money involved. That really is the reason why. And that's why I'm so oh. schooled on it. Or uh, You could ask me pretty much anybody in the NBA, and I, would, I could tell you the second strings of point guards and things like that in the NBA. I could tell you the whole... And same with baseball. But it's just because I'm a de- degenerate. It's not because I'm smart. Okay. Second string quarterback for Rutgers last year. Oh, no, no. I can't do that. I can't do your <laughs> college football. Isn't that a women's college? I have no idea. I don't either. I have no idea. You know what? But they should let men in. That's all I'm going to say. Moving on. Are you ready for me to hit play? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't even told you anything about the call. You ready already? Oh, yeah. Right. I'm ready, man. I think. Okay. You know what? Think... Let's just hit play. <sighs> yeah. Do it. Here we go. 911, please fire ambulance. Uh, yes, hello? Hi, 911. Do you need the police or the ambulance? Um, yes. Yes, ma'am. I need the police. To what address? What's going on there? Um, a murder has been committed. Oh, a murder has been committed? By who? By me, ma'am. By you? Yes, ma'am. Who did you murder? When? Around seven this morning. Okay. What's your name? Checkington Sinclair. Checkington? Yes. Okay. Is she still there? Yes, she's still here. What did you kill her with? You shot her? Where'd you shoot her? Uh, I shot her in the head. Is she in the bathroom or is she in the bedroom? Where's she at? She's in the bedroom. She's in the bedroom? Yes. Do you still have the gun? Yes, I still do have the gun. Do you have it in your hand or where's it at? Somebody coming out there to talk to you. Why did you do this? Um, we got into an argument and she came at me with a knife. Okay, I'm going to pause it for a second. My observation on one thing is that question never gets a good response. It because there's two ways the question could go, and the and the responder never seems to get it right. Where did you shoot her? Like if you say in the bathroom. They'll always say, no, like, where on her body did you shoot her? And then you're like, I shot her in the head. And they're like, no, which room? 
Yeah, yeah. Ah. What, what struck what struck me about this was like how creepy he sounds. Yeah. Right? Like, he sounds scary to me, and she I, uh, she's doing a great job, um, in my opinion. Yes, but um, it feels like she. <laughs> takes away the creepiness from him by that one particular part where she goes, all right, well, we'll get someone sent out to you out there pretty soon. It's, it's like he, he's calling in a flat tire. Yeah, or a pizza order. She's like, okay, we'll be there within 30 minutes or it's free. Did you want extra uh, red pepper, crushed pepper, or Parmesan cheese with that? Okay. Just one more thing. So you said that you wanted the sauce on the wings or on the side? <laughs> on the wings. And just to confirm here, it's 30 minutes or you're free. If the police don't get there in 30 minutes, you get away with this, sir. That would be a great new city ordinance. 30-minute response time or you're free to go. Yeah. We'll get back to this because we're laughing, but somebody's dead. So is this a poor choice for uh, for ad placement? Um, well, we don't really have another option. We got to pay the bills. Here we go. I'm sure you shot her. Okay. What was your wife's name? What was it? Okay. How long have you all been together? Seven months. Do you fight often? So props to the dispatcher for getting his name uh, correct on the first try because I've never met anyone named Checking Sun Sinclair. Yeah. No, she nailed it. She nailed it. And also for just, again, being so casual about it, he's like, should I stay on the phone? Like, I'm used to the opera being like, stay on the phone with me, sir, until they yeah. come there so they don't shoot you or anything by the door. And she's like, no, no, you can go. Like, I mean, go water your flowers or whatever. <laughs> should they meet you out back? I mean, do we come to the side door? Or just hang in there. Hold tight and they'll be there. In a- you have any special order notes for the 
for the uh, police when they show up? Like, should they just deliver it? No contact to the front door? Yeah. All right. Well, okay. So the caller, Chickingson Sinclair, age 21, is the voice on the call. He made this call back in October of 2014. He called 911 after he fatally shot his pregnant wife, Latwasa Argret, age 24, not to be confused with the TV show 24 starring Kiefer Sutherland, uh, in the back of the head three hours prior to his call. Whoa, man, that was a rough thing that you just did there. Okay, so he fatally shot his pregnant wife, I'm not going to try that name, in the back of the head three hours prior to the call. Gotcha. Yes. Also, Kiefer Sutherland is Canadian. <laughs> okay, good. Okay. They had been married for seven months. Okay. On the call, you hear him say, a murder has been committed. He explains that they got into an argument and she came at him with a knife. He says that he was trying to defend himself. I feel like he was set up to, to say that a little bit, like not, not intentionally or anything, but she asked him that question and I think it rang to him. He's like, oh, I could use this opportunity to kind of yeah. to, to claim some sort of self-defense here. So that, that was kind of interesting. Like if her tone had been different, if she had been a little bit more freaked out and, and he had felt a little bit less comfortable to just mm-hmm. kind of spin his little tail there. I don't know if he would have said that, but he did. So he's trying to defend himself and shot his wife. Sorry, you said in the back of the head three three hours. So it's kind of hard to, uh, when someone's attacking you with a knife, to shoot mm. them in the back of the head, right? Yeah, you would think, right? It's a not exactly a defensive move. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Even though, the other thing that I think is kind of interesting about things like this is we listen to a lot of these calls where the killer calls in. They always make the pauses at the same time there's that moment where she's like who shot her and there's a pregnant pause where you know in his mind in every other killer that we've heard on a call there's a little bit more of a pause because they're like oh maybe i could Mm -hmm. maybe i could just say some of the maybe nah nah, i did it yeah i agree with you there's that pause they're thinking exactly what you said and then they just give it up because they're calling yeah like they're the ones calling they're obviously ready to turn themselves in yeah, well, and they forgot to act all scared or, or emotional at the beginning, so they kind of threw themselves at the police at that point. Yeah, I'm sure this is really, in court, I mean, really important uh, to get a real feel for the way that their mindset was just after the call, because yeah. their story will change once they've had time to think it out and they're less emotional or less drained. Yep. He sounds pretty drained to me. He you know, he says he was defending himself. Detectives who went combing through the crime scene later, they argue otherwise. Um, so following the argument that happened before the shooting, the argument that they were having was over a text message that was sent to Latwasa's cell phone around 6.30 a.m. from her former boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Checkingson said that he chucked his wife's cell phone in a toilet before she snapped and fetched a knife from the kitchen, according to police. Uh, She failed to catch him uh, because he said that she was chasing him. Right. Uh, And so she retreated to the bedroom, slamming the door, said Checkingson. I'm I'm guessing he added the and slammed the door part when explaining it to the police because that indicated he felt his life had been threatened by the door much more than the knife she was apparently wielding in another room behind a closed door. Right. Mm -hmm. He told police then that he got a gun from under a recliner chair 
and confronted her in the bedroom where a brief argument ensued again. There, he said Latwasa lunged at him with the knife, causing him to fire one shot at her head, uh, which grazed her head just before she fell onto the floor. Uh, when she got back up, Sinclair fired again, fatally shooting her in the back of the head. Right, yeah. Talk about sports again. Remember that Michael Jordan used to make those shots, like, I'll bounce it off the backboard, off the yeah. fucking concession stand, and the net. <clears throat> he would have had to have shot something like a shit. He's, like, shooting it off of the pewter statue in the middle of the room, ricocheting it off of the Dungeons & Dragons dice in the top of the dresser mm. into the back of her cranium. Right. Okay. So the police kind of looked at it and said that if Latwasa did lunge at him, as he claimed, she was unarmed at that point because he shot her, grazed her head, and was already injured. So self-defense is kind of just finding its way out the front door of this situation, I think. Me too. So a further review of the 24-year-old's body found that she had been shot in the back of the head. At close range, authorities, they believe that the knife that was found near her had been planted there to make it seem like she was armed when she was killed. I mean, that's like, that's murder 101. Mm -hmm. If you're going to do something like that, you got to make it look credible. You can't just like, I'll just put this knife here on the ground and it'll, you know, there's my story. <laughs> he probably, he was probably going to the knife drawer when he was on the phone with her when he started making that up. He's like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Throw this here. And he accidentally grabbed grabbed a butter knife with some peanut butter on it. Well, that'll do. He grabs that little weird paring knife you use for grapefruit that's curved. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the thing you use to cut a pizza, like the spinning wheel. <laughs> what do they call that thing that cuts a pizza? Is it, uh, uh, pizza cutter. Pizza cutter. Yeah, that's yeah. a weird name. So th this story didn't hold up long, partially, mainly 100% because Checkington Sinclair admitted afterward that he wanted to kill his wife. <laughs> ah. Yeah, that's... It's not going to work out well for him, for sure. Yeah, so they, they, I like how much you're laughing. You like you're, you keep on laughing. He kill his kill his wife. I'm sorry. It's it's just when someone's a big idiot. It's that's my angle. Like I know. Gotcha. I know Latwasa didn't make the, make it out of this situation, and I feel I do. I feel terrible. I like I could like even if she had a, a knife in her hand. Sorry, mm -hmm. I don't believe in most cases you're going to get away with with shooting someone because you felt threatened by a knife. I, I it run away, me of, walk um, away. <laughs> right. Speaking of like amputees and stuff earlier, we're bringing it all together here. Oscar Pistorius, uh, remember the the yes. Blade Runner, right? Mm -hmm. He was a Kiwi. No, no, no. He was an Aussie. Don't get that screwed up. People will jump all over you. Actually, he's not either. He's not Kiwi oh, or an Aussie. Oh, he's South African. He's South African, Damn. yeah. <laughs> they, they all sound the same to me. So, that'll go well. Um, but, yeah. What, what was the thing? Roses are red, flower, roses are red, violets are glorious. Don't sneak up on Oscar Pistorius. <laughs> I think that's what it was. Like his, like his wife did. Was it girlfriend or wife? She was like going to the bathroom, and he thought someone was broke, breaking into the house, so he shot a bunch of holes into the into the. Really, the she was hiding from him. She was hiding from <laughs> yeah. him. Anyways, <clears throat> yeah, man, that's a crazy one. If you listen to the court reporting audio from that too, it's interesting because like the way that they 
do their court system in South Africa. I don't know about all of Africa, so I'll just specify South Africa. If you're on the stand and you're being questioned by the lawyer, uh, let's say you're the lawyer that's questioning you as a dude. Mm-hmm. Every time you respond, you respond with yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, <laughs> yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Because guess why? Because you're not responding in their case. You're not responding to the lawyer. You're responding to the judge. It's right. really, it messes with your brain when you hear it. It's like, what? Who? Who? Wait, that's a dude. What's going on here? You know, it's <laughs> yeah. weird. Gotcha. So this uh, dramatic timeline pretty much ends here because Chickinson, you know, admits that he wants to kill his wife. So four years later, fast forward. Checkingson was sentenced to two life terms after a circuit court jury found him guilty of murdering his wife and her unborn child, which is a bit of a twist because depending on which state you're in, some will recognize the child as a child. Some will recognize it as a hunk of meat. So Mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah, I didn't. uh, How did I not catch that she was pregnant this entire time? Wow. Okay. Sorry, how many months pregnant was she? Does it say how many months? So they were married for seven months. She was only, she was seven weeks pregnant. Seven weeks, okay. Okay, gotcha. Which is extra interesting, I think, because there's, you know, tons of arguments about when the baby's a baby and when it grows up. Seven weeks, it's it's still that's that yeah. that's an interesting interesting wrinkle in this as well. So after two days of testimony, the jury deliberated for about ninety minutes on the final afternoon before Chickingson Sinclair, now twenty-five, was found guilty of first degree premeditated murder murder of an unborn child and tampering with evidence. I don't know what the tampering with evidence was probably except for maybe the knife could possibly be that he tried to like reposition her. Yeah, I bet. I'm guessing he didn't mess with the baby. Well, how could he? So in the case of Checkingson here, I think there was definitely a crime because he aborted his yes. child. Yes, you know, he, exactly. He did that. He he did that and, and he caused another woman. Whether she died or not, if that baby had had died, he caused the abortion uh, without a conversation and also violating every medical practice and law probably ever made. So, uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that we solved uh, the, the battle of abortion rights there. That was good, man. What a podcast we have here. Let me ask you this. Try to try to put yourself in a woman's shoes for a second. Did I, did sure. I just, did I just make a bunch of people unsubscribe by saying no. that or did, you don't no, think? I don't think so. Okay. I, absolutely not, man. I think okay. any time that you have an opinion on something, if you start it by making it very clear, this is my opinion, and I think that you should have your own opinion as well, and I'm not yes. saying what I'm saying, it should be everything. What bothers me are people on the side of the road holding up abortion, uh, anti-abortion stuff with like a baby strewn out across totally. a, a, a billboard, because there are people in, who, say a 16-year-old gets pregnant accidentally and her whole life is going to be changed by this. I think she should have that right to make that decision and it's she shouldn't have to be reminded about that difficult decision she made by these people claiming she's a murderer on the side of the road those people really bother me right they're they're like no absolutely not um but to have a conversation about it like the way that you just posed it i think is healthy and and you know it just sparks more conversation as long as as long as it's in the spirit of conversation on the spirit of imposing your your thoughts and your attitudes across the board and saying everyone else is stupid. I think that you're you're safe with that, man. No, everybody's still subscribed, right? Hello? Hello? 
Anyone still? Hello? Anyone still? <laughs> uh, whether it's parents, governments, friends, supporters, teachers, priests, whoever, I believe that life should be founded on this principle that we are taught proper principles and we seek proper principles and then we govern ourselves. Good. That's, that's what I believe should happen. I love it. Yeah. You know? I love it. There's a word that you use all the time when you're talking to me about this kind of stuff. Uh, what is that word again? I always ask you about it. You're like, it's your... Octopi. The plural of octopus. Octopi. No, no. that's not it. Mm. <clears throat> Anyways. Uh, you're... Rising tide lifts all ships. That's what you can't remember. <laughs> no, that's not it either. <laughs> I forget. Octopi. Speaking of octopi. Okay, I'm going to change the subject. Are we done with that? <laughs> yeah, Sure. <laughs> You watch those mukbang videos where somebody eats like a whole bunch of food at once? Are you talking about like the Asians that eat like things raw and it makes you want to Not gag? just Asians, but in this particular case that I'm talking about, it is an Asian woman, okay. but but there's a lot of people who are doing this. Okay. Um, so Humans this, this that whole, do this? <laughs> yes. Um, we're in enough trouble. So the... <laughs> She has an octopi. She has she has one, and they're apparently very intelligent, right? And this this yeah. thing is alive. It is pretty big, and she picks it up and she just takes a bite out of its head. Oh, just, oh and it's still alive, just friggin' you know, just eating its head and doing this on the internet. I, I'm, I don't think that people should be allowed to eat these things live like this. I think there should be some kind of. I agree. I think that's animal cruelty, in my you opinion. Think so. But I guess ah. this, like you said, maybe it's out of, um, made of, out of a country where it doesn't really matter. Um, anyways, you said octopi. I was trying to get away from the abortion situation. So uh, do we have a happy ending? Here, I want you to talk about your feelings about that octopi for just a second. And I'm going to give sure. you background music for this. Ready? Sure. Okay. I will I don't think that a person should bite an octopus's head in half while the octopi is still alive. I think there's they're super intelligent creatures. And I just think it's a terrible thing that happens on the internet and everybody seems to be okay with it. <laughs> we just made our own ASPCA ad. Yes! Bucket list check mark. Done. All right, I got a couple more things about this case, and then we'll move oh, good. on. All right. Yeah, so just in case you're wondering, like, positioning and everything, evidence showed that Sinclair shot twice. First grazed Latwasa's head, and grazed her head the way that you're thinking, which is, she once again wasn't facing him when he grazed her head. So right. she wasn't coming at him. She was moving away from him, or face down on the ground or something, but mm -hmm. he's just a bad shot. So he grazed her head, and then he shot her point blank range in the back of the head. Then he spent three hours staging the scene before he called 911. But the timeline didn't add up. The police were like, this isn't adding up because a neighbor said they heard a gunshot around 6.30 a.m. that he didn't report. So that's a thing. Crime scene investigators testified that the blood splatter from the gunshot wound and other physical evidence at the scene revealed that Latwasa's body had been moved and that the knife was placed near her hand. Okay, this is full circle. You'll see my genius here and my questions that I asked earlier on. Okay. He also sent a text message to a friend saying that he wouldn't be able to participate in fantasy football that season and text to his mother and brother saying that he loved them. So with my question, what would keep you from playing fantasy football? The answer is prison. 
<laughs> or if I was poorly staging the scene after I murdered my wife. Like, th- <laughs> exactly. like th- this guy, they took him all day to put a friggin' butter knife with peanut butter on it beside <laughs> her dead body. Like, that's not good enough. He's probably not very good at fantasy football either. He's probably right? not. He probably types with the pizza cutter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they didn't seek the death penalty in this case, interestingly. So a life sentence was automatic on both of those murder counts. Sinclair's been in custody since uh, the arrest. A few hours after killing his wife, he was sentenced to time served on the tampering charge, though, which I'm sure Checkington was really worried about. That charge sticking. Yeah, yeah, at least it was worries there. Bum, 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 oh. Yeah, that, that call started off, like I said, that call started off very very creepy, the way that he was speaking. I thought that he was going to be, it was going to be like one of those eerie calls, like he had no remorse. Because he didn't sound freaked out or anything like that, you know? Uh, he wasn't doing a good job later on of anybody who he hears that tape, it's clear that it would have been clear immediately, at least it felt like it was to me, that this guy was like a cold-blooded killer. His tone. Mm, yes. And then he switched halfway through. So After listening to the call, I think seven times, the way I would translate him is he's rather proper. I think uh, he was saying, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. I think, I think he was just a, he killed her, obviously. But I think when he was talking to the, the, the dispatcher, he was just being respectful. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. I think in shock about what he had done. But, but yeah, it kind of comes across creepy because he's so calm. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I think I'm desensitized now too. We've covered so many nasty calls. Like that is a that's a pretty heinous call right there. And yeah. part of me is left like, well, what else happened? You know, you know. So yeah. did he bite her head in half like an octopi? I mean, that's all you got up. Oh, but but that's all you got up. I mean, he shot his wife in the head a bunch of times, staged the scene, and his unborn child was in her belly. It's just a heinous, it's a heinous call. Heinous yep. murder. Heinous call. This is another thing. Like, my wife was talking yesterday. She said she was aghast, I guess is the right word, at seeing pictures of somebody who has tattoo of the Ted Bundy bite mark. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, a lot of people have that. A lot of people have that. Nah, it's not a big deal. I mean, yeah, it's pretty common. And she's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. And and to her, that was like sh- a shock, right? Imagine right. this call. this call that we just covered. Mm-hmm. wouldn't even get onto the Dark Calls episode had we had some kind of like security footage audio of the whole thing going down. Because it's too right. much. It's too much. And and I guess that's the blanket statement we can make about any time someone is murdered or, or something tragic happens. There's there's so much we don't hear, so much we don't see. So, so much. much. What I'm learning about the about this through this 911 calls podcast is that bad things are happening all the time. And previous to this, I used to think, oh yeah, you got your Ted Bundys, you got your like Ed Gein, you got your Eileen Warnoses. You know, this happens yeah. once in a while with a serial killer or whatever. And you'll hear like about a really bad murder locally once in a while. But it's happening every day. This kind of stuff. There's so right. much out there, and there's so much evil going on in the world. Um, I wasn't aware of how much uh, before this. I mean, we're doing a podcast on Patreon for all patrons called Brutal and I can't believe the stuff that I'm finding I'm just trying to find the worst of the worst and I mean I'm talking the last one that we just did it's it's the things that people are capable of you think that it's uh, few and far between because 
sensation, sensationalism of certain guys like a Bundy or a BTK or yeah, you name it. Um, but there's there's tons of them out there that just don't catch on, I guess, uh, with the media. Or there's not enough media slash content to capture the, the shock of the public yeah. toy box killer or Ma- right. murder mac or you know any yeah. of those types where there's just too much you've got too much uh, audio too much video too much of this for yeah. our stomachs to handle it's it's shocking oh yeah think about any of those man they'd, they'd be just so terrible to have more information than we do how about i give you a happy ending do it i'm laying here relaxed so relaxed <laughs> <laughs> all right hey luna what is your definition of distress? Oh, distress. You, you just, you're, you're uh, what I am right now. Are you asking me that question? Because I don't have a good answer for it. Okay. Stressed out. It, well, yeah, the word is in the word. So that pretty much is a good definition. Uh, some kind of stress um, that, that is uncommon. What is your definition of duress? Like being under duress. Under pressure, I guess. Okay, good. It is technically compelled to do something or to act in the face of physical harm, threat of your life. You're compelled to make an action, not of your own will. So you might be like under duress when someone's trying to attack you and figure out what to do. And then when you're calling 911 afterwards, you're in distress because of what had just happened, maybe? Actually, that's not a good example. If if a killer came in and said, call your husband right now and tell him everything's fine, that's under duress. Right. And then that killer runs away and you call 911. Now you're You're, distressed. Gotcha. Yeah. And then also part six to the question, where is the closest local cell phone store to your house? (laughs) Really far away. I mean, I know a guy who could like replace the crack screen for you for like smoke a joint with him. That's the closest I got, I guess. <laughs> he also does TV VCR repair for some reason still. That's what the sign in front of his house says. Wow. TV VCR repair. So in his tech world, is the business called I Fix It, We Smoke It? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's fun. Yeah. He's got a lot of garbage in his house, like bags of garbage. A <laughs> lot, of, lot of cell phones he just ultimately couldn't fix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it smells like it's food. Oh, gosh. <laughs> All right, well, this caller phones 911 on his phone, about his phone, but uses the phone for the wrong thing for his phone. Okay? Okay. All right, you ready for me to hit play on this? Yes. Here we go. 911, you need police fire medical? I'm okay, but I am under duress. What kind of help do you need? I'm trying to activate my phone, but I need to know... What is a SIM card? And I can't find a SIM card. I can't help you with that, sir. This is 911 for, like I said, police, fire, or medical emergencies. You need to hang up if you don't have an emergency so I could answer the call. Let me tell you something. I'm under extreme duress. Extreme. S-O-S. Duress. I can send you a police officer if you need help. (laughs) Wow. So, Okay. Let's just say he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's not under duress. He's under di- he has distressed about where to put the SIM card. Or 
He's under duress because someone has a gun to his head and he's trying to figure out how to activate the burner phone that they're telling him to activate. And that SOS was probably legitimate. I'm going to go with the guy just, um, you know, he probably has, what do you say, Victorian hands? Like, uh, you ever done a day's day's worth of work and he's, you know, probably, he's mad in the morning when his mom doesn't make his toast uh, just right. Yeah, I've changed that uh, from like a Victorian's woman's hands to like, you, you remember, so my hands, that's how I describe them. Right? I have done much work. <laughs> you know that scene in Edward Scissorhands when uh, Vincent Price is still around for Johnny Depp's character, Edward Scissorhands, and yeah. uh, he gives him his wax hands and then Edward just starts crushing them and slicing into them with <laughs> like their butter with his knife hands. And yeah. then Vincent Price has a heart attack and falls down on the <laughs> Willy, Willy Wonka setup he's got in the background. My hands are those wax hands oh i can't wait to hold those hands when we when we meet for the first time i'm just gonna hold your your buttery hands for a while okay (laughs) my hands are so smooth and soft that i went to a palm reading and the lady was like i got nothing because there's nothing (laughs) there's nothing here like there's it's not that there's nothing here like there's literally nothing on your hand it's just (laughs) there's no lifelines no no According to these hands, you're living forever. <laughs> or you're already dead. Did you drown recently? Did you drown recently? Did you recently drown? <laughs> anyway, well, that's all I've got. Um, thanks for answering all my questions today. Thanks for not answering some of them. And, um, uh, yeah, well, I, um, I was going to say... I-, I love you, too. Oh, you got me. Okay, good. Now we're on the same page. Sometimes I wonder if we could really possibly finish each other's... Come on. Hugs, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. (laughs) So good. Our little baby 1159 Media continues to grow into a bigger baby with many shows under its belt. Like Boss Baby, but with more hugs and less mature adults at the wheel. 911 Calls Podcast is flanked by our other free shows, Dark Topic and True Crime Kent. If you haven't checked them out, you really should. Jack and I are both on the True Crime Kent show along with our redneck historian, Kent Chungus. And for those of you that have had enough of me, check out Dark Topic for Jack's solo act where F.T. Norton writes and then he writes some more words and messes with her perfect punctuation. Then he records the whole thing and performs all the parts to some of the most intense true crime stories you've ever heard. He even tries to do the women parts, bless his little dark heart. Patreon. At this point, you know what it is because I'm annoying about it. And you know what we have over there. Four. That's right. Count them. Four exclusive shows now for your earballs to enjoy. Maybe enjoy is the wrong word. Our hearts have never been more full. And our bills have never been so close to being paid. You are the wind beneath our wings. And sometimes even the wind beneath our shorts when we need a little more of a boost. So much hugs to all of you. So much hugs. I want to squish all of your cheeks. Your face cheeks, mostly. Hugs. 